Many Muslim women who wear the hijab do so to show their commitment to modesty, but they also stand out right away. Strangers make assumptions and create stereotypes that they're quiet and submissive, or that somehow putting on the hijab wasn't their choice. We talk with one young mom who has embraced that choice and made it a big part of her personal brand. We explore what it's like for a young Muslim woman to be super visible online, in a time when persistent trolling and Islamophobia are alive and well on social media. That on this episode of Congregation. Hi, I'm Emma Prestwich, a news editor at HuffPost Canada. Welcome to episode 5 of Congregation, a podcast where we look at how young people are reinventing religion and spirituality for the modern age. Today I'm joined by Saman Munir, a beauty and fitness influencer and a mother of three. I love doing ultimate training classes like HIT, high intensity level workouts, and I love doing weights and Muay Thai and boxing, all those kind of classes. In the beginning, I remember when I couldn't, I didn't have that strength because I just started. I was like, oh, maybe it's the hijab, you know, maybe I'm feeling too hot. Maybe that's why I don't have that strength. But slowly, slowly, when I got used to it, I'm like, no, I'm not going to give that excuse to myself. I can do this. I got this. I'll do it. Saman is Muslim and chose to start wearing the hijab in her 20s, in contrast to many Muslim girls who put it on at puberty. She's now in her late 30s. Now she's inspiring other hijabis to get fit and express themselves through her social media accounts. One features her workouts, and the other hijab beauty tutorials. She's also a brand ambassador for Under Armour and UFC Gym Mississauga. We talked about fitness as a way of honoring our faith, what she thinks about that false story from Toronto of the girl whose hijab was cut, and how hard it is to find the perfect hijab to work out in. When you're working out, do you have a different hijab that like stays on better when you're moving around? Correct. Um, yes, I wear, try to wear like a um, jersey hijab, which is more like kind of sticks to yourself. But the thing is that um, I'm trying my best with Under Armour to, you know, create Under Armour hijab. Like, you know, have so you've probably seen the Nike Pro hijab, mm-hmm. right? Um, I like it, but I'm not a huge fan of that because um, I've tried it and it kind of my hairs are still like pulling out from the sides. So it's not really effective but it, it it's okay it's okay but I the one that I wear is the the instant hijab which is like you just put it on and then you just wrap it around and it stays in place it stays you're... in place but the only thing is that it's not a heat gear like you sweat a lot in that mm. so I need like a professional kind of a you know a hijab that can like you know you feel less sweaty and it's lightweight and everything it's kind of heavy a little bit but it's okay I mean I can still manage so there isn't a perfect one that you found not yet. yet not yet so interested in your decision to wear the hijab I read that you made a decision later on in your 20s to wear it correct so wondering what your journey was with deciding to wear it prior to that I wore it like a year ago my sister started wearing it and growing up we've been compared all the time so she started wearing I was like okay I felt like I was obligated so I put it on too and when she got married and she wasn't anymore in the house I was like forget it I'm not wearing it my parents never like forced me never ever so even taking it off was my idea and then I just I believe at the age of 23 I the next day I just decided that's it I just want to put it on it was my decision I was not forced or anything not obligated anything I just like let's do it I was like I was ready to wear it 
was there a, a faith-based reason behind it? Correct. Yeah. Um, I was like, you know what? I We pray five times a day. I was like, I'm praying five times a day. I'm doing everything so far so good. Why I should, what, what is keeping me away to wear the hijab? And I, I believe, and I remember at that time, not a lot of people were wearing hijab. It was not that common. I feel like now you see so many girls out there who are comfortable wearing hijab. So um, I, I don't know. It was just my, I just told myself, you know what? I think I'm ready and I want to put it on. When you're putting it on, does it feel like a conscious decision still? Or is it like, this is part of my routine, like I'm putting on my socks? No, it's part of my routine now. Like I cannot imagine myself without it. I can't go out without it. I feel like I'm naked or something. Hmm. Yeah. So I think I don't necessarily know very much about the reason for the hijab. I know it is for many Muslim women is a traditional practice that they Mm -hmm. decide to adopt. But what is, I guess, the the reason in Islam for wearing it? What is the sort of cited reason behind it? It it means modesty. It means modesty. Obviously, it's my identification that I'm a Muslim. It means modesty that we're submitted to God. We don't want to be judged by the way we look. We'd rather be, you know, we want people to know us for who we are. Um, that's what that's what I believe. Wearing hijab is more of a religion than a tradition, I believe. It's it is an Islam that we're supposed to wear it. And obviously not everybody is at the same level. Some people wear it and some people don't. That's a really lovely way of thinking about it. <laughs> of not having I had heard about the modesty part before, mm-hmm. but the idea that it helps people focus on your internal beauty and the in, the parts of your personality correct. that you have to offer. Correct. Correct. Not how you look like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's so interesting. <laughs> so you grew up Muslim. I, that's correct. Was there a point during your childhood where you adopted the faith personally or when you were a kid did you always feel like I'm totally on board for this this is really important to me was there a point where your faith became more important to you um I think the way I've been raised like my mom my like we lived when I was seven years old I moved back to Pakistan and my father was here so seven years I kind of was separated my father was not a religious person at all he did not do his prayers or whatever he was totally different my mom was always praying five times a day. And, you know, she still doesn't wear hijab. She'll put, uh, like, you know, in Pakistan, we wear dubatta. That would, like, a piece of cloth she will wear on her head. But it still, like, slips off or whatever. She, she's not into hijab at all. We actually watched her, like, you know, pray five times a day, read the Quran, and, you know, follow the Islamic way. And I guess that's how I kind of became fond of that. And I was like, okay, you know what? I've seen my mother doing it. And she also used to tell us all the time, you know, you got to do your prayers. You got to do this. You got to thank God for everything. And that's basically how I grew up. So I think it was always in me. It's not like it was a change or anything. So these are praying five times a day. Mm-hmm. The the prayers themselves, these are things that you've had in your life for a very absolutely. long time. Yes, absolutely. I grew up like even going to school. Before you go to school, you have to pray. When you come back, you got to pray. Yeah. So it was part of me. It's not like something a drastic change or anything like that only wearing a hijab I would say was a drastic change because I used to do my hair curl my hair color my hair do everything that was a little I did miss a little bit part of that when I started wearing hijab but then I got so used to it it wasn't uh it wasn't hard at all well and you found a way you found the hijab version of that exactly (laughs) wearing it in different style I remember like I I was looking for a hijab tutorial in 2000 um 
2008 or 9 and there was nothing on YouTube nothing on YouTube and that's where I decided okay you know what maybe I should start doing some hijab tutorials wearing in different ways because I literally used to wear like a black scarf in a square shape and that's the only color black or brown or dark blue that's it and uh, now it's like you can wear different colors different patterns different material it's all good well were you doing that because you just didn't know I didn't know that you that there were other ways of putting it on mm. wasn't that creative at all and then you see I started then there were other girls from UK they started and then you kind of start you know I think the networking did a huge made a huge difference all over the world yeah now you see like thousands and millions of job tutorials all over the place it's so cool that now that there is such variety yes um that you can express yourself personally. And it's interesting, too, because you said it helps women, it helps other people focus on things besides your uh, sort of physical appearance. Correct. But it almost seems like you are drawing attention to your physical appearance, again, by sort of um, creating an outfit out of your hijab. But in a modest makeup. way. In a modest way. In a modest way, yeah. I have to wonder, this faith has been with you your entire life. Correct. And you can't imagine living without it, I'm absolutely, guessing. Absolutely, absolutely. Are there things that right now you you question or you struggle with to do with your faith or th- doubts that you have? I don't have no doubts, but it's just with the media, you know, what they splash or what they say it kind of bothers you. Like, you know, whatever it comes out, it's wrong, it's negative, and it's not like that. It's not like that. You hear a lot of negative things and you're like, oh my God, how do you explain it to these people? This is not Islam. This is totally opposite of islam we're not like that we don't fight we we we're we're like loving and you know caring people just like any other you know human that you see that that that's the way we're supposed to be so um any negative thing that i hear i see it kind of bothers me yeah because it's a perversion of what islam is exactly it's so it's bizarre to me that those stereotypes and that negative sort of portrayal uh, still persists because things are changing and Correct. there is so much more promotion of the fact that Islam is a peaceful religion Yes, and more and more people are coming out to actually advocate for that. But there's some people that are just determined to see it that way. True. They, they, you can't change their mind. Like, you know, when I did an interview with Yahoo, um, there were a lot of comments that I saw. And I'm like, there's no way that I can change these people. I mean, there's no way even, you know, they're, they're all negative comments. Oh, gosh. Uh, you took a big risk by reading the comments. <laughs> I, and, no, I read one or two and I'm like, forget it. I'm not reading no more. That's it. I just, I, I turned off my computer. Yeah. You're listening to episode five of Congregation, a HuffPost Canada podcast that looks at how young people are reinventing religion and spirituality for the modern age. My conversation with Salman Munir took place in January of this year, less than a week after an 11-year-old girl in Toronto claimed that a man had cut her a job with scissors on her way to school. That story turned out not to be true. Oh my gosh, I was so upset. I was like, if it was my daughter, oh my gosh. I was so upset. Like, why would you do that? Like, why? I don't get it. And while Salman and I both agreed that it was fortunate that the scissor cutting incident didn't happen, I was also worried that some people were using the false story to discount all claims of Islamophobia. As a hijabi, I wanted to know what Saman thought. 
I was pretty disappointed. I was like, this is not a, this is not a good joke. Come mm. on. This is, it, it just makes us look, we already are like, you know, struggling with the world, trying to make us, you know, appear better. And now when you hear these kind of stuff, you're like, oh, no, not again. No, not, no. But the first way you reacted was as a mom, you were like, if that was my daughter. Yeah. No, no. Like when I find out that it was a joke, I was so upset. I was like, if my daughter, I would like obviously give her detention, punish her. Like this is totally wrong. Unacceptable. Why would you do that? And how old are your kids? My daughter is 10. She's going to turn 10 at the end of January. And then I have a son who's seven and a half and then a son uh, who's three and a half. Do they ever make up stories? They ever tell of you? Of course, things? they're kids, right? They have to, yes, of course, but not like this kind of a lie. Oh my gosh, no! I was just talking to my daughter this morning. I was telling her, I was like, "This is wrong." Like, you know, how can she do that? But then kids are kids. I mean, so how do you find balance between you have these two Instagram accounts that you're running? Yeah. You have these tutorials. You're a mom <laughs> of three kids. I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> how do you organize your day in a way that you get everything done um it's hard because I have a three-year-old still at home so I'm not so organized but right now if I don't know um if you notice my focus has been shifting from beauty to um fitness I feel like there are so many hijabis out there who can do so amazing makeup they can do well done like they're so creative they can do amazing hijab tutorial I think we have enough of that but I don't think we have enough of Muslim girls doing or working towards fitness so that's what my goal is right now is to inspire them to do a little bit like you know to get into fitness a healthy lifestyle that's awesome yes there's uh, a woman that I follow on Instagram and I'm forgetting her first name but she's a marathoner and I'm a runner I've done marathons okay before. okay okay so um her handle is run like a hijabi, a hijabi yes, yes yes who everybody knows her yes yes um but I like she inspires me because she's way more dedicated to her running than I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially this winter, I've been really bad about oh, it. No. It's just been so cold here in Toronto. But she also, she posted about that Nike hijab. Yes. And she was like, I wanted to like it. It was yeah. just like kept falling Overrated. off. Yes, yes. It, I, you know, even the way it looks kind of look, give you an egg shape. I just didn't like it from the beginning. I feel mm-hmm. like it looks good on certain face shapes, but not on everybody. Mm. Not on everybody. Which like, I mean, people will say while you're exercising, it doesn't matter. You just want stuff that's, you know, wicks away sweat. But you want stuff that looks good on you. Of course. Why not? And especially as women, I think that that's something that I've wrestled with where people go, it doesn't matter. You look fine. And I'm like, well, I want something that makes me look Look good. good. Exactly. If it makes your face look like an egg, like you're not going to wear that. Exactly. I'm not going to wear it. No. (laughs) Is there any tie with your fitness do you see any tie to your faith? Do you feel that it is important to being a Muslim or is it because it's something you enjoy? Is there any the faith? fitness part? Yeah. Well, the, Allah has, God has given you this body. So you have to be grateful for that. So you have to take care of it. Yes, that's part of our religion that you need to take care of your body. So, of course, fitness has a huge impact. Or Islam has a huge impact about fitness, too, that we need to. Yeah, of course, take care of our bodies, take care of ourselves mm-hmm. as well. Well, you don't see that a lot, though. You don't see that a lot. You don't see a lot of people, people advocating were, that? Yeah, a lot of people, you know, taking care of their bodies. I'm talking about Muslim community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see that. A lot of people, like, taking care of they, they just don't care. Hmm. Or lazy. That's Well, that's everyone, right? <laughs> yeah. We're all kind of lazy. We're lazy, yes, yes. I, I love that as well. I, I grew up Christian, mm-hmm. um, and 
I do find that there's a almost like a prayerful element to working out and running in particular I really love because it's almost gives me time to sort of sit alone with my thoughts and talk to God and yes there is something really special about that that I don't think in general has been explored enough is the connection between sort of your own personal spirituality and and fitness and how those sort of intersect correct you f- you do feel it that way when you're running, right? I do. Yeah. No, I feel the same thing too. When it, exact, especially when I'm jogging outside or doing some kind of a workout, you have that kind of a you know connection to God. Of course, yeah. I, don't, I feel the same way too. It's almost like a clearing of my I, mind. Exactly. Exactly. But I have to be disciplined about not listening to music. I mean, sometimes music can be really nice too, true, or podcast. But true. sometimes it's weird. It really depends on my mood. But I'll get this urge to just take out my headphones. Phones, yeah. Like just, I'll be in working out. I'm like, you know what? I'm fine right now. Yeah. And it's often on like long runs. Exactly. Yes. And yes. so I w- I've always wondered whether that is some sort of yes, urging. Of course. Yes, of course. Of course. I try. I also try not to listen to the music all the time. But sometimes, of course, I, you know, nobody's perfect. So, yeah, I do listen to music a- as well. But I feel like when I'm running outside, you know, it's, it's, it's a way of you connecting with the nature, with God's creator and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, very much so. You talked about praying five times a day. Do you have an alarm on your phone? Like, how do you remember to do it? We do have those five prayers. Um, yes, it's kind of an app. And it kind of five times, like, the prayer goes on. And it just says that in Arabic, like, you know, it's time for prayer. Come and prayer. So it's like in the morning, then there's two in the afternoon, then the evening, and then nighttime. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's always at the same time every day. Um, well, depending on... No, it's not always the same time. That it, it depends on the time. Like uh, the evening prayer and the sunset prayers are obviously going to be on different time. If summer, oh, it's yeah. going to be like 8.30 or 9 o'clock. But winter, it's going to be obviously 5.45, whenever the sunset time is. You're super busy. Has it ever disrupted you where you're like, I'm in the middle of doing something? Like, I do miss my prayers. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So many times I do miss my prayers. Yeah. There's something really lovely about that, like the the ritual where you have to do it. But I, I just think like the things that I tell myself to do, even when there's an alarm that pops up on my yeah. phone, I'm like, OK, I don't have time. I don't have time this, for right? this. Yeah, no, there are, of course, of course, with the kids and, you know, doing work and everything. I do miss my prayers. Yeah. But uh, but before I go to sleep, I make sure that I read all my missed prayers as well. Oh, OK. Yeah. That you read them? You, you said- read them. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. OK. You read like, um, I'm not sure if you've seen, you know, people like put a mat and mm-hmm. then it's like a kind of a yoga kind of thing, you know, you kind of, but it's yes. not yoga though. And it's, it's like, it's proper prayers. Yeah. You're just thanking God, you know, for everything that he's given you, for your parents, for the neighbors, for the family, for health, everything. That's, that's really important that being thankful. Yeah. And being grateful for everything Absolutely. that you've been given and. It's interesting in almost like a non-religious way that there's an emergence of that because there's a lot of people that are getting into meditation Correct. who are not necessarily religious. But I feel like that has the same bent where people are actually taking time to be grateful Correct. and actually sit alone with their thoughts. Of and I feel like that has to be better. I mean, at least you're spending time reflecting on your life and taking yourself out of like the daily you feel so much better I feel so much better like for me it's like if I miss one prayer I feel so cranky Mm -hmm. and same with my workouts if I miss one workout I am so cranky I my husband knows that okay 
someone you need to go to the gym just leave just go that's that's how it is so with me it's like prayer and fitness goes hands in it yeah like he can tell he can tell yes he's like okay you're cranky did you have to go to the gym just go just leave the kids with me go (laughs) have you had any response from like are there other muslim men who have been critical of the fact that you're so visible about your fitness i'm so surprised actually no I actually got really good response from them. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, they're going to be like saying, oh, what is she doing? Or why is she doing that? No, they actually liked it. They're like, we're so proud of you. You know, we want our Muslim girls to, you know, get into fitness. I, that was pretty shocking for me for the fitness channel that I started. And I got like really good team. Like, we're really proud of you. You know, keep up the good work. It's interesting. I think a lot about the traditional aspects of a faith and Mm -hmm. how us as young people sort of adapt it to our current context and like how how we interpret different teachings there's this idea that young people don't necessarily want traditional ways that they're trying to sort of modernize things but I sometimes feel like I want more sort of ritual and tradition because I I see the meaning in that yes for people and and that's when when I see women who have decided to wear the hijab, I'm like, that is such a beautiful expression of yes. a traditional faith because you could not do it and no one would be like, you're a bad Muslim. Yeah. But there's something about the tradition that's really meaningful to you. Correct. So I wonder if, I wonder sometimes what I could find that would connect me to my faith in sort of like a, an older way. And I'm not really sure. Uh, maybe just having some rituals like the prayer. Prayers, yes. I, I mean... Obviously, I'm pretty sure that you probably go to the church every Sunday. Is that how? Yeah, not every Sunday. I try my best. (laughs) But uh, yeah, praying and having some ritual to it. Like that's such a, um, it's usually like I I pray when I think about it. But like having a ritual to that seems like that would be really. Like for Friday, for us Muslim, like we go for Friday prayers. It's, we're, okay, all the men are supposed to go to the mosque for the prayers anyways but on Friday it's like a special prayers we have so we go on Friday to the mosque and that's where we meet people and you know we do our prayers and we hear what the scholar has to say and it, it's pretty cool it's pretty awesome are are there ways in your life where like times like things you're doing where you feel like God is present to you I don't think I ever feel separate from God no mm. I feel like he's always there he's always there watching us and that's why when you ever feel separate that's where you want to pray more mm. and you feel like okay you need him to be there for you mm. no that's that's true I mean I, I definitely should pray more it's it's something I I forget how good it feels and and sure. just to reflect also on reflect on myself and so I think running the it's the more running I do the I more like actual sort of praying and sort of reflecting I do so but you know what what makes you feel better is by helping others by Mm -hmm. how you treat others by being kind to others just not just doing the five prayers but God also says that you need to be kind to others to your neighbors to the community that that what makes me feel happy is when I help somebody when I inspire somebody when somebody says okay you know what you help me go to the gym you help me do this you help me become a better Muslim that's what makes me happy is helping by helping other that what makes you really happy it's interesting even presenting the the proposition for this podcast my editors were like religion oh you're going to talk about religion like it's not it's something that is still unknown to to a lot of people and I I 
the first time I talked about it, the first time I talked about my own faith and, you know, the doubts that I have about it, but also the convictions that I have. And it felt weird almost. Um, So I I think I need to get better about that. Of course. Um, Do you have any hesitance talking about your faith with other people? I do, because there's not a lot of things that I know clearly that I can't answer. So I am always hesitant to talk about religion. Religion, politics, I don't want to talk about. Mm. These are the two things that I don't like to talk (laughs) about. Yeah, because... I, I believe I'm still learning. I still don't have 100% knowledge about Islam and I still need to learn. There's a lot to learn. So when somebody starts a discussion, I try to back off like, okay, I don't want to really talk about that. Yeah. So talking about like you would have been more comfortable just talking about like the fitness and the, the beauty fitness, work yes, you're exactly, doing. Exactly, exactly. Or the beauty work. Yes, 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 yes. It's, I think it's important though that we get better about talking about our own no, faith. No. True, I'm terrible true. at it. Um, but it, it is interesting that that it is seen as something that you don't talk about or we're nervous about it because like you said, you seem like you're a spokesperson or that you know everything about it. Yeah. Which I don't think other people see it that way. Maybe sometimes they do, but that's something I'm, I'm working on, I guess, yeah. is being more comfortable talking about it. The reason I'm hesitant is because, like I said, I don't have full knowledge. And second, I don't want to give a wrong answer mm. and be like, OK, why did she say that? That's not even true. You see, that's that that's the problem. So I don't want to say something that it's not true. So. But I, I wonder also, could is there always a, a right answer with questions? No. Could be wrong too. Yeah, no, not always a right answer. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I was stunned by her certainty about her faith. How has she never doubted that God exists or questioned Muslim teachings? I question my faith all the time. It's interesting to me too that she's so devoted to Islam, but is nervous to talk about what she believes because she's afraid she'll get it wrong somehow. I'm sometimes uncomfortable talking about my own faith, but that's mostly because my thoughts change all the time. But I really need to follow up on this idea of having some real rituals in my life, some stuff that grounds me and ties me to my faith. And I think that lack of ritual has left me kind of adrift. I don't have too many family traditions, and I don't even make it to church every Sunday. And deep down, I know why that's the case. Maybe this makes me a typical millennial, but I'm worried about my life becoming too rigid. But now I realize having something like regular prayers could make me happier. I could write them down, I could say them out loud, just do something that makes me reflect on God and my life on a regular basis. I'll get back to you on whether I actually do it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Congregation, a HuffPost Canada podcast that looks at how young adults are reinventing religion and spirituality. I'm Emma Prestwich, and you've been listening to Episode 5 with Saman Munir. For more on this and to listen to other episodes, search congregation at huffingtonpost.ca. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite listening app. Next month, we'll be talking to Elisa Hadigan, a Jew who spent part of her teenage years in a prominent Canadian neo-Nazi group. Talk to you then.